0: Okay. It's
1: okay honey i'm home why is she crying
0: Bitch, oh no. she's just hungry that's oh. all my credit card is maxed out i couldn't get her food from the store oh, shit. i'm getting tired oh, shit. I'm, I'm just i'm just gonna try and make her sleep oh,
1: I'm sorry, babe. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I know. But just make her sleep. No. Look, honey, I have to tell you this. I. I'm so sorry about the way things are. I know you've been trying, but things are about to change. You know the managerial position I applied for with Mobile mm-hmm. Oil and Gas? Mm-hmm. They've called me for an interview. Like, I am so excited like it's gonna be great things are gonna change like I'm gonna get the oil and gas money
0: you know what I'm talking about well you better not come home without that job sure
1: you know what babe I'm gonna go there I'm gonna kill it and I'm gonna get the job hey how you doing
0: very well how may I help you
1: oh I'm here for the interview
0: oh I'm sorry the position is no longer open
1: what what do you mean? But you called me just yesterday. I got a phone call from you guys.
0: I'm sorry, sir. It It's no longer open. Someone else got the job.
1: No, no. You, you, I mean, like, it was just yesterday. I got a call. I mean, I I, I picked I pick the call and, 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 and you told me to come for an interview today. Please, like, honestly, honestly, I can't go without a job. My wife is going to kill me. My big, my... My baby is crying. I don't even have food for the baby.
0: Please, please. Okay.
1: I just need a job. Anything, anything.
0: Okay, let me take a look at what's open.
1: Please, please, anything, anything, anything.
0: I'm really sorry, sir. Um, I really want to help, but nothing is open for you. We're only looking for a manager and someone is already coming for the interview today.
1: Wait, manager? Did you say manager? That's the yeah. position I'm here for.
0: Oh, wait a minute. Are you Mr. Tundi Edent? Y- y-
1: yeah, yeah, that's me. I mean, we, was he the call me yesterday?
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> oops. My bad. Um, uh, please uh, take a seat for a minute. I'll be right back.
1: I'm sure many of you must have been in a situation like Mr. Tunde, you don't was, where you're misrepresented. Now, sometimes we like the misrepresentation like when they think you are your daughter's sister or when the valley guy pulls up with a Bentley and he brings the keys to you because he assumes that you should be the owner. Meanwhile, let's just say the window of your actual car literally rolls down and the car does not even have a charging port. I mean, it's that old. <laughs> but when you're supposed to be the manager and they mistake you for the janitor, um, not so nice. Today, we're going to fix that finesse as much as we can. I might not be handing out cash to every listener just so you can go out there and splurge on the coolest outfit to make you dripping, although that's going to be cool. <laughs> But the fitness and lifestyle tips that we're going to learn about today will straighten you out a bit for a posture and swag that drips finesse. I mean, these tips are so practical, you can start using them as soon as tonight in your day-to-day life. No kidding. By the way, big shout out to Bruno Mars and Cardi B for that song. Because I am dripping in finesse. Oh, It doesn't make no sense. (laughs) Anyways, I'm no singer. That's the craft of my guest on the show. She's a really gifted lady who's a recording artist, a dancer, and a fashion model. And she does all these so well. We will talk about records from a musical album. We'll chat a little bit about her dance. And our conversation is gonna end with her modeling experience. If there's any kind of person who can talk about finesse and swag, it's a model. And if there is anyone who can talk to you about fitness and lifestyle tips that are useful for day-to-day life, come on, you've got me. That's why I'm here, to help you live your life, your real life, 10 out of 10. We've got a great show planned out for you today. I hope you stick around. Richard Templer tells a story in his book, Rules for Work, about how he missed a promotion at work, because of how he walked. The story is an introduction of the book, and I'll have a link to that book and every reference I mention in this episode in my show notes on my website. Here's Richard Templer's story. I first started formulating the rules of work many, many years ago when I was an assistant manager. There was a promotion going for the next step up. Manager, there were two possible candidates myself and Rob. On paper, I had more experience, more expertise. Most of the staff wanted me as their manager, and I generally knew the job better. Rob, to be honest, was useless. I was chatting with an outside consultant the company used and asked him what he thought my chances were. Slim, he replied. I was indignant. I explained all my experiences, my expertise, my superior abilities. Yep, he replied but you don't work like a manager. And Rob does? Yep, that's about the strength of it. Needless to say, he was quite right, and Rob got the job. I had to work under a moron, but a moron who worked right. I studied that work carefully. The consultant was spot on. There was a manager's work. I began to notice that every employee, every job, everyone in fact, had their walk work. receptionists walked in a particular way as did cashiers the catering staff the office workers the admin the security staff and the managers of course secretly i began to practice the walk it's kind of sad i had to walk on that moron but you know it is what it is that is life i understand that some people have medical conditions that impacts their posture I'm sure the doctors and physical therapists are going to take care of you. I'm only going to help fix what I can with exercise and lifestyle tips. Now, let's jump right into my conversation with my guest. Her name is Victoria Adeniron, also known as Sister Vic. I liked the way she introduced herself in one of her tracks, and I talked her into doing it again live
0: on the show. T-A-B. Hello, everybody. This is Sister Vic. This is Sister Vic. I'm with Scott Free. We're, We're taking, taking off with, with, with no intention, intention of landing. landing. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Oh, good memories. Did you say good memories?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. How long ago did you um do this album?
0: The album came out 2017, but it had been in the works for... My goodness, I'm embarrassed to say the number of years, but I was focusedly working on it for um, maybe a year, a little less than a year.
1: That was when you put all your attention and yeah, focus in it.
0: Yeah,
1: Oh Wow. Which Which of the songs would you say was the toughest for you to conclude or to wrap
0: um, up? The song that was toughest, I'll probably say the last song, um, Whisper a Calm
1: Oh, Whisper a Calm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
0: And that was because initially I had done the song with uh, one of my brothers in the Lord who we went to the same church, uh, Desmond Ikeguonu, and he, he wrote the music, like the, the the piano, the accompaniment, and I wrote the lyrics to it. And anytime we had done it, we had just done it live, and so I wasn't really sure how to uh, configure it into a recording. You know, when you're live, you can kind of feed off of each other. Uh, And in a recording, I mean, of course, I credit him in the song. He has, like, you know, half of the, I don't know if it's royalties. Um, But, yeah, just, it it was a different vibe doing it on my own.
1: Why did you have to do it without him? Was he...
0: He was busy. He was in another... um, I don't know. If, remember, if he was in another state, but he was at least in another city at that oh. time, and he was doing his PhD. Um, so we were just on two totally different schedules, and I was I was tired of dragging out the album for so long, and I just wanted to get it done.
1: So your your track, um, honesty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know that's not going to be popular with with a lot of people, but
1: <laughs> yeah, and and it's so true because. Um, it's actually a very profound track. At this day and age that we're leaving, where it's almost very cool and popular, to be dishonest, mm-hmm. I really feel like that's a song that should be loud. I mean, there was something you said about parking in the... <laughs> 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 parking in the <laughs> handicap sign. Martin. But Really, I think it's a song that I wish we would um, have a way to amplify in this day and age. But what really made you give you the boldness to really write a song titled Honesty?
0: My circle of friends, I would say. Um, We're all still close now, um, but especially in the church that I was. We were we were pretty close, maybe a group of about five of us. And um, uh, one of one of the other or two of the others at, at a time and still they still are, are were also artists and so sometimes just randomly maybe some person will start making a beat and then I'll start humming along um and so for a long time the only thing I had was honesty honestly don't lie to me and I'll just keep singing that keep singing that and then I remember maybe like some months later um brother chosen was one of the guys and he was like hey you know that song you're writing you should include. You should include something about the, you know, people that park in the handicap spot, and they're not really handicapped. And then, you know, just all different ideas about all the ways, um, subtle ways, outright ways, um, intentional turns. ways, and unintentional ways that we're dishonest. or True. just don't operate at our fullest integrity. So, just little by little, the song came together.
1: This is really, really commendable because if you wanted to sing for the commerce, there were things that you would have done or things you would have taken out of your mm-hmm. album. Which is what we're seeing a lot these days and we're lacking authenticity as far as art is concerned because mm-hmm. people are just trying to appeal to the masses and just go with the flow and just, you know, cash in. But yeah. we're lacking authenticity, yeah. the real art. Yeah. I mean, the beauty, you know, when someone sits down and takes their time to craft something, it, it shows, it tells and that's the beauty and I'm like... Wow, she may not be very commercial, but she is some great artist. (laughs) Oh, thank you. And you dance also.
0: (laughs) Yes, I love to dance.
1: Okay, so which do you like to do more, singing or dancing?
0: Singing is like my first love. So I can't... Singing, I was singing since um, maybe like first grade. I was probably singing before then, but I didn't know that I could sing until someone told me in first grade. Dancing, um, I particularly love to do... Uh, afro dance um, west African you know modern type of dance and and some hip-hop that wasn't always the case when I was in elementary school I didn't know how to dance I would go to school dances and my brother would have to kind of like prep me before we went to the dance like okay you know if you don't know what to do just do this two-step or you know <laughs> practice moves at home
1: oh wow that's pretty pretty interesting speaking about music I just want to get back a little bit to that because there's a question I was going to ask how you take it when people do not Appreciate your kind of music, or maybe they don't think you can sing just because they don't know the way you sing. You have a little mm. bit of jazz infusion mm-hmm. to your song, and to your sound. You have to know and love music to understand that that is pure art. Yeah. Now, have you had times when you felt like people didn't think you could sing or you had a talent just because you sound different?
0: I laugh because. Almost feels like, very, you know, all the time. You know, the, the, the different types of songs we sing, they're not really up, up my genre or up my alley. But because I recognize that, you know, I have an assignment and I'm, I'm doing this for God. And yeah, I, I feel like that a lot. Um, and and that's even been a, a, a struggle with how to... I, I don't really know how to define my sound. You know, I call it soul. I can call it jazz, sort of R&B. Um i can call it maybe a little bluesish there's some rap in there too i don't really know how to define it and that's been um difficult for me and knowing how to market it also it's something i'm still struggling with
1: it's so true i mean i have to ask the question because i feel like i see that struggle with you particularly and i'm like people do not know who is standing behind beside them they really don't know what she's got and if they did know they would know exactly how to get the best out of you. You know, when I listen to you I hear a little bit of Bet Hart. I hear a little bit of um Gary Clark Jr. I hear a little bit of Asha. Mm-hmm. And then I hear a little bit of It's so funny, but I also hear a little bit of Megan Trainer. You have this you have this heap of infusion mixes your yeah. jazz and mixes your blues and I'm like okay, how do I define her? Where do I yeah. place her it? but it's really a great thing to have your own sound and style. I don't know, you're just so endowed. I've talked about your music, we've talked about your dancing and you also model.
0: Yes, I do.
1: About how tall are you on paper now?
0: Um between five eleven and six feet. Uh, some people will say I'm six one, but it's mostly guys that say that, and I think they want to say I'm six one because they're so adamant in believing that they're six feet <laughs> when they're really probably five ten. <laughs> but I think safely I can say six feet.
1: Were you just talking about your husband now?
0: <laughs> no, no. my husband is six four. So since he's taller, you know it. He's comfortable no in issue. his yeah, own skin. Yeah, his
1: <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's cool. So how did you also come about modeling? Was this, this your brother who also um, talked into dancing?
0: No, uh, although he has uh, modeled a little bit. Oh, really? Um, yeah, like a, a, a very, very little bit. Um, and he, he could really do a lot if he wanted to, but it's just not his passion. Um, I, I started kind of officially modeling in 2013. I had wanted to for some time... But it just kinda of seemed like a very far fetched dream. Like I didn't know how to go about it. I didn't know where to start. It's like somebody saying, Oh hey, you should be a, a you know, a famous celebrity. You should be a Hollywood actor. It's like, whoa, like where do I start? How do you know I I, sure. I I I didn't know where where uh where to start. And then I remember I was looking on a particular uh modeling agency's website, just looking at their different models, and I said, Wait a minute, I know her. She went to my church, and I didn't. I didn't even know um, that she modeled. And then I found out that there was another sister who also. I don't think she went to my church at the time, but we were in the same kind of youth group. Um Winnie and Moti were their names, and uh, so I just kind of asked them, like, "So what do I do? How do I go about this?" It never. It didn't seem so far fetched anymore since they were close by and they were friends. And uh, so they kind of told me like, oh, you need to, you know, practice walking. You can go to a a model camp. They, you know, showed me the agencies they were with. And um, they said that, oh, you know, they do a model camp. They can kind of teach you everything at once, basically. Um, and so, yeah, I went to that model camp. I, I asked my parents if they could pay for it. I prayed and fasted before asking them because oh, wow. I didn't know how that was going to go. And they heard it and they were just like, oh, yeah. That, that sounds good. We'll do it.
1: Wait a minute. She said, you said your friend said to practice how to walk. That's weird. Like, we're all, we all grew up learning to walk. Why would uh. you?
0: <laughs> walking on a runway is different from walking in real life. Um, and even just walking in in general or, you know, presenting yourself to an agency, presenting yourself to a designer. Um, you can't just walk in anyhow. You can't just, you know, walk in slouching or uh, <laughs> you no you're not gonna be taken seriously you, for real yeah especially on the runway you have to i've heard different analogies walk like uh there's a string going through your entire body and coming out at the top of your head and someone is pulling it um and pulling you upright by that string you know you have to stand up straight um and depending on the type of walk you're doing uh whether it's You know, whether you're modeling an elegant gown, or whether you're doing a kind of urban thing, there are different modifications, but there's confidence in each one. There's power in each one, even if it's a graceful power. You can't just walk anyhow. (laughs) Wow. So for example, if I'm on a runway, or even just in a photo shoot, modeling a belt, I won't just stand normally. Maybe I'll put my hands around my hip area. I'll highlight the belt. Um, I'll pose in a way that, you know, puts attention on the belt. Maybe I'll thrust my hips out a little bit. I'm not going to cross my arms over my hips. So, Or if I'm modeling an elegant gown, I might hold the gown out. I might look down at the gown as I'm modeling it to draw attention of whoever's looking at it also to what I'm looking at. Um, or if it's a headpiece, if, if, if I'm on a runway, at the end of the runway you pose for the cameras, then maybe I'll pose with my hands around my head area to highlight you know, what it is that I'm trying to showcase.
1: Oh, wow, that's, that's interesting. I mean, you wouldn't think that there's a lot of work and attention that goes to um, what you do. I mm-hmm. mean, we just think that this is just some random gesture that you guys oh. just <laughs> do out there that's interesting so i mean did you go did you eventually go for that camp go to the camp
0: mm-hmm.
1: what was it like what, what did they teach? um
0: the camp was it was a little intimidating to me but thank god for my mom i've grown up kind of naturally confident even if i'm wrong <laughs> i'll be loud and wrong or confidently wrong um, and so it was a little intimidating because some people there had already had experience with modeling and I didn't have any experience um, and so I you know just tried to read up as much as I could talk to my friends as much as I could. It was also intimidating because my size was and I guess still is larger than the normal, like, model side, or runway at least. Um, and so I'm like, oh, I have to really bring my game, I have to really, you know, be confident so that people, like, that that part would be an afterthought, like, oh, you know, she's great, she's tall, she's beautiful, has a great smile, great um, composure, oh, and yeah, you know, maybe her hips are a little, norm- uh, you know, beyond the normal range. And it was also a little scary because we went through we went through uh, runway uh, techniques, we went through acting techniques, we went through posing techniques, uh, we did hair and makeup and had a photo shoot also. And I didn't know what they were going to say about my hair. I had my afro out and some people got their hair cut, some people got their hair colored. Um, and I went there and they said, you know what? We like your hair just like this. So that was a sigh of relief there. Yeah, I've learned a lot. I learned a lot from that camp.
1: From the things you've said so far, I feel like I might be right to say or to assume that confidence is an outfit because you've spoken a whole lot about, you know, being confident and showing yourself confidence. And, you know, sometimes even when you feel like you might have a disadvantage or shortfall for in certain area you feel like your confidence might be able to make up for it and you feel like that's mm. what they're gonna see do they get to teach you anything about wearing confidence or how do you grow your confidence how do you wear it what makes you feel so confident as a model
0: um honestly it's god uh and i think about who i am in christ and what who god calls me because according to people's standards oh my goodness, some, you know, I never, I thought, I always thought that as a model, the taller you are, the better. But then I came to realize that you can be too tall. Some people don't want someone that's over 5'10 or 5'11 because then maybe the dress won't be long enough on them if they're on a runway. Um, So, you know, according to the standard of humans, maybe I can be too tall. Um, Maybe my skin is too dark, but at the same time, not dark enough. You know, besides, uh, aside from, Caucasian models or Asian models, Hispanic models. When it comes to black or African-looking models, people either like to have that kind of mixed look, like a mixed ethnicity, or really, really, you know, dark Alec Weck, like you're almost blue. Like you have, you your features are so strong and you're so dark. So it's like, oh man, you know, skin-wise, maybe I don't match up there. My hips are larger than the, at least runway um, standard. But I, I love to do it. And I believe that Um, God's hand is in it, and I'm good at it, honestly. Um, so I just, I think about that, and I think about how standards change, uh, with humans, with the fashion industry. They change so quickly, um... Now there's a it, it's not so big a movement, but there's a small uprising in plus size models. Honestly, the models True. aren't even plus size; they're kind of just <laughs> a little larger than normal, you know, normal human size. Standards can can change. Maybe uh, one day people are liking that edgy uh, look, strong features, short hair, and then maybe as time goes on, people like the people with softer features, more girly, um, or maybe. Uh, the fashion industry starts to look for people with freckles or people with, you know, certain things about them that are... That's true, yeah. I saw that too. And it can just change, you know. So my confidence is not in the industry or that I match up to certain principles. My confidence just has to be in God.
1: That's true, yeah, because it's all changing. Mm -hmm. It changes. That is so profound. Mm -hmm. For a confidence that is going to be sustainable, it should be in something that is not so fleeting and changing yeah yeah. that is really profound now you say you learn a lot of things from the camp and you love modeling what in your day-to-day regular life has modeling um impacted what do you do that you know you do because of your experience or your lessons from being a model
0: Mm -hmm. um i think (coughs) i'm more conscious of my appearance not um not necessarily in a vain type of way but just being conscious of how I look because for example if I'm posing I need to know you know you don't always have like a mirror there when you're posing you don't always have um oh really a photographer yeah you don't always have a photographer that will tell you oh no you look a little funny when you're doing that you know put your arm down a little bit or more angulate your body more so I just like to be conscious of the way i look so like if i'm putting my hand on my hip versus my waist versus my neck or my head like okay this is what it looks like so that next time i'm posing i can recall kind of what it looks like and not just do some random thing that's gonna you know turn out to be a flop or um being conscious of my walk being able to walk in heels uh, I don't. I mean, I like heels. I don't wear them all the time, but I don't want to stay away from them so long that if I have to do a, a runway show, you know, I'm looking like a baby calf or something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it just kind of makes me be conscious of of those things.
1: Oh, that's that's pretty pretty cool. And you said something about knowing where to put your hand, either you know, on your neck, and it reminds me of something I used to do and I think I still do, but I've been trying to consciously work around it, is tilting my neck or my head to Uh. one side. (laughs) It's... Mm -hmm. It was so bad that people would literally come to me and put <laughs> <with a> finger <laughs> move Tilted my head to the, <laughs> to the back. Like it was by default, my head just wow. goes all the way. I think mine just went all the way down and it just came <laughs> to till the to back. The
0: right side. Maybe you're what right brained <laughs> I, I, I
1: have no clue why that is and I've just been trying to consciously, you know, adjust a repair mm. the posture and Catch myself many times and just put my head back up straight, you know, and try to maintain a a a good enough pose a posture, you know, just for me, uh, my appearance and going anywhere because I feel like they might not take me serious. So before we started the in, I mean, earlier on, on the show, I played a recording of a guy who who went for an interview. He was supposed to be a manager, and they didn't know that he was a Potential manager. They actually yeah. took him for a janitor yeah. um, just because of the way he appeared. And I'm sure there are many people who would, I mean, or not many people, but there are a few people who would have seen themselves mistaken or misrepresented. You know, yeah. I'm the CEO, but I don't look like it. And yeah. people just take me to be someone else. I feel like that doesn't have to do with, you know, your size. For some people, they feel like it's just because you're small. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's more about your presence and your confidence, how you carry yourself, your mm-hmm. posture. I feel like someone like Kevin Hart, <laughs> <laughs> as brief as he might look, mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to walk into a room and just be so unnoticed.
0: Yeah, You know,
1: yeah. he the posture, the way you're coming, um, your handshake yeah. sometimes, yeah. you know, your pitch, the way you maintain eye contact and how you just carry yourself. I think these are things that might help people take you for whom you really are or for what you have on the inside of you. Is any of this affirmable by the things you've learned as a model?
0: Yes. Um, Where do I start from? I, I am very interested in the way I come off to people especially as a model. Sometimes you meet designers and they, from meeting you, uh, maybe at a a casting call or a fitting uh, for a show, from meeting you, that's how they'll know if they want to use you as a model. And so I try and be very aware of this and I hear a lot of things about, you know, how to look authoritative versus how, it, it depends the field you're in. You know, maybe as a model, I want to look confident. I don't want to necessarily look too authoritative because you have people that are like that and they just seem so proud, they seem like they know everything, they're not teachable. Um, but then in uh, in my field as, you know, I'm going to school to be a podiatrist, you want to f- seem like you know what you're doing, especially as a woman, especially as a minority. So I'm always trying to be conscious of this, or you, know, you hear that uh, to be seen as an authoritative person Um, surprisingly you don't want to smile too much because smiling can look like a submissive thing Um, but then how does that play into my gender and my race you know a lot of times black people are automatically seen as more aggressive so maybe I should smile more you know so it's it's hard to kind of balance all these different things Um, but I I look at my track record, I guess. I look at my history and see how people have taken me, see the comments people give towards me. Oh, you have a beautiful smile. Oh, you're so, you're, you're so, you're such a darling. You're so adorable. You're so nice, um, you know. And so I'm like, okay, I'm doing something right. Let me keep the smiling up. Honestly, the smiling is a problem. I can't stop smiling. So that's a good thing that it works in my favor. Um, so I'm not sure if I'm exactly answering the question. but I
1: think um, you are because what you're seeing right now is, you know, taking what works for you, yeah. knowing exactly what works for you. Mm-hmm. And you know, said something about when you're posing, if you were gonna model a belt, mm-hmm. you could put your hands on the belt just to take attention to the belt. Mm-hmm. In other words, um, if I have weaknesses, I don't want you focusing on whatever my weakness might be. Yeah. I wanna pose or present my strengths mm-hmm. to you and it's different for different individuals. Yeah. So you want to know what your right side or your good side is, yeah. and play on it. Because what's going to work for you, might not work for me. If smiling mm-hmm. doesn't come to me naturally, mm-hmm. I'm always going to be funny if I just go ahead yeah. and keep smiling <laughs> at everyone. You're yeah. Look
0: creepy too, too. Yeah, I'm going to look
1: very <laughs> creepy. So, you know, you want to know exactly what works for yes. you, and um, and that also makes me not have to compare myself with anybody mm-hmm. you know. but I need to know me
0: mm-hmm.
1: I need to pay attention to me you said something about you know um, knowing how you look when you strike different poses that means you pay attention to yourself when you're by yourself mm-hmm. you're watching how you look you're observing yourself so I need to know me Enough to know what my strengths are. You said you had to look back at your history Mm -hmm. to see what has worked for you. Mm -hmm. And you notice that people always told you, oh, you have a great smell. That means you are very reflective. Mm -hmm. So you need to know yourself a lot. I need to know what works for me, what are my strengths, and then play on my strengths. Whenever I go to a place, if I'm funny, if I feel like I am funny and people mm-hmm. have told me I am, I think if I get into a place, I just want to strike that as my charm. Yeah, I think.
0: Yeah, you want to use that. Self awareness yeah. is important. I mean, sometimes I'm walking and I'll just pop into a bathroom real quick and see what my resting face looks like. Some people have <laughs> um, <laughs> what one of my uh, peers at school has called resting, uh, part of my language, B-I-T-C-H face. Because when, <laughs> when, they're not, when they're not thinking about how they look, their face just automatically looks like they're angry at the world, like somebody pissed in their cornflakes that morning. And so sometimes I just look at, you know, what does my resting face look like? And sometimes it looks a bit sad, or sometimes it looks like I'm disgusted with something, um, or it's reflecting what I'm thinking. So every now and then I'll just kind of like, you know, ruffle my face up and try and be like, okay, <laughs> you know get get to a normal face um yeah that awareness is a big thing
1: what would you just have to say to someone out there who's listening to you right now i mean what would you say to them about the way they carry themselves and the way they their posture towards life you know what would you just say to them about their appearance and probably their confidence too
0: um very practical things don't slouch so many people kind of have <laughs> this hunchback that that's a pet peeve of mine um but i can't act so holier than thou because it's i, I don't slouch because it's been taught to me um you know don't slouch put, pull your act as though your shoulder blades in the back you know want to touch put your really? chest up yeah i'm literally trying
1: this right now <laughs>
0: don't slouch put pull your shoulders back and your chin up and don't drag your feet. <laughs> drag, you know, pick your feet up when you walk, uh, and look straight ahead. Some people look down. If you look too far up, you look proud. You know, your chin is all the way up. You seem like, oh, I feel like I'm better than everyone else. Um, just very practical things. And yeah, check what your resting face looks like. Make sure it's make sure it's what you want to portray. Maybe you don't want to portray being a smiley person. Maybe you don't want to portray being a mean person. Or focused person. But whatever you want. You know, if you're a comedian, you probably should look, you know, approachable, funny, comical. Uh, check out your resting face. Be self-aware. Don't slouch. Don't drag your feet.
1: Thank you <laughs> so much, Vic. Um, I really appreciate your time here and your insights. It's really been fun chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm going to go on right now to give um, some few fitness tips to people on particular Exercises that it can do to help them, you know, stay a lot more balanced, mm-hmm. and um, things also not to do. You know, something I learned from living in Philly is that when you drive in Philly and you see a typical Philadelphian, typical Philly guy driving in his car, he has a seat all the way down <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't moved all the way to the back yeah and then he has a rest the back rest slouch all the way down and i'm like how do
0: you see how do you see
1: it? Jeez, this but it looks so cool
0: yeah
1: i don't know how to do it i don't know how to, i've tried it many times when i'm by myself yeah. it's so uncomfortable <laughs> i just want it to be comfortable for me just so i can look cool but I feel like I'm also going to be disfiguring myself, too. Yeah. You know, you said it's how you are, what you want to present, mm-hmm. you know, the part of you, who you want to present yourself as. And that goes a very long way. So I think people, you know, just know you, know what you want to do, know where you're going to and um, get dressed for your future.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time Thank here. You. Tell me, how can people connect to you? Where can they hook up with you? You know, if they want to just.
0: Yeah. On Instagram at Victoria Sisvic at V I C T O R I A S I S V I C, Facebook uh, you can also search the same Victoria Sisvic for my music page. Um, you can search SysVic on YouTube for my music. Also um, on YouTube, I have uh, music videos, dancing videos, videos from life. Um, yeah, anywhere you search Sisvic or Victoria Sisvic, I'll pop up.
1: Oh, Victoria Sisvig. Yeah, because I know on iTunes, I just searched Sisvig. Sis guys, you guys go check out her album. She's she's an artist. You are a brilliant artist. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Wow, wow, wow. Great tips from Victoria. So let's get into the final part of this episode where I'm going to share with you 10 tips. 10 things that you can start doing right now to help improve your posture and help you get more productive in life and be addressed the way you really want to and achieve the things you also really want to. For starters, if you're driving right now, listening to me in your car, just adjust the backrest of your car seat to an upright position or no further than 10 degrees backwards if you slant at all. Then move your lower body from your hips inward, towards the backrest of your car. My goal is to have your seat as upright as possible, whilst it's supported by the chair. Now, if you do this and your legs, move far away from the pedal, then you want to move the seats, the entire chair, further towards the steering a little bit. It's very important that you're seated as uprightly as possible. If you're on a regular couch at work or at home listening to me, just do the same thing. Backrests as upright as possible, with your lower body moved inward toward the backrest from the hip. The backrest of both your car and your office chair, I assume, should have some kind of curve in a way that supports the natural curvature of your spine. Because even though I tell you to sit as upright as possible... Your spine is still shaped like an S, so it needs to be supported and many office seats today and car seats are designed in that shape. A few things to look out for to help you know that you're seated in the best way possible, especially when at work. Check to be sure that your feet are flat on the ground. Make sure that your shoulders are on the same line with your hip, perfectly and properly aligned. Do not lean your lower body too far out, That's gonna mean slouching. And do not move your upper body too far out either, which is gonna mean bending or leaning. The key is just to distribute your body weight as evenly as possible. Tip number two, many of us carry bags today. Do not carry your bags on just one shoulder, especially when it's designed with two handles. It's just for balance. It unevenly distributes the weight around your frame if you're carrying everything on just one shoulder. Or if it's a crossbody with only one carry arm design, let the weighted part of the bag be on one side, maybe your left or the right, and let the handle go on the shoulder that is on the other side that is free. So it literally crosses your body because that way you're also evenly distributing the weight of the bag on your body. Now for ladies, I can't tell you what to do with your pocketbooks or your handbags, I am smart enough to know not to go there. But I'll just say not to make them too heavy at all. If your bag has to be too heavy, consider splitting the weights into two bags for easier carriage and for balance on both hands. I know I just caused some trouble for some husbands because that means you have to buy two designer bags for the lady. Well, I'm not going to get into your family matters. Tip number three. When you stand, keep your chin parallel to the ground. Not too high and not too low. When it's too high, it's going to impact your spine. And when it's too low, the same thing. Keep your knees even, hips even, and shoulders even. Maintain a neutral spine. Don't flex your hips to overemphasize your lower back or your curves. No, just be as free and as neutral as possible. Tip number four is going to help you do tip number three a little more efficiently. This is what I call practicing the shoulder shrug. So with your shoulders straight, raise both of them, your both shoulders at once toward your ears, roll them to the back as if you want your blades to touch at the back, hold for 10 seconds and then roll them back down. And this helps keep your shoulders even and I'm doing it just the way I'm saying it to you. Again, shoulders straight, both of them, raise them at the same time towards your ears, roll them to the back as if you want your shoulder blades to touch, hold for 10 seconds, and then roll them back down. Tip number five, try to replace most of your office furniture with more ergonomic options. These help you reduce a lot of fatigue, especially when you're gonna use them over a long period of time. I know this might not be up to you, so you might wanna talk to your HR to help you acquire these, but do all you can to make sure that your chairs, your table, your keypads, and your keyboards are as ergonomic as possible. Tip number six, if you use a smartwatch already, respond to all the hourly prompts for you to stand up and take a walk for a minute. (laughs) I know many of us just ignore them, but the only time I do ignore it is when I am driving. It's so crazy. I'm on a road trip. One hour into my drive, my watch taps me. Time to stand up and walk. I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Or you could just set hourly reminders on your phone to walk every hour. Tip number seven, take deep breaths for at least one minute every hour you're awake. This is going to help you regulate your heart rate, blood pressure, and your body mechanics. Here's a simple tip that I use every time for my deep breathing exercises. Breathe in for five seconds, hold for five, and breathe out for five. All right, I'm going to do this right now. So, breathe in for five seconds, hold for five, and then breathe out for five seconds. So repeat the cycle for one minute, every hour you're awake. Tip number eight, do what I call the bridges. This helps strengthen your glutes and your abdominal muscles. The idea here is to reduce the stress that your upper body places on your back and on your spine because right now it can distribute it to other muscle groups, namely your abdominal muscles and your glutes. So here's how you do the bridges. Lie on your back flat. Then raise your knees high so that it looks like your lower legs and your upper legs are forming a kind of angle 45 degree. And keep your feet flat on the floor. Then tighten your core as you lift your lower torso and your hip off the ground slowly. And what you're going to form is something that your knee down to your breast forms a kind of straight line. Because your hip and your lower torso has been elevated off the ground. So the only things you have left on the ground are your feet flat and your upper back around your shoulders, down to your head, also on the ground. That's all. Now you can lower your hip and your torso back down again to the ground to your resting state. Repeat this 10 times. And that's the bridges. Tip number nine, do what I call the Bulgarian twist. This strengthens your core. Actually, the specific muscles that benefit from this are what we call the obliques, your sides, and it helps support you when you're seated and when you're standing. And here's how you do the weightless Bulgarian twist. Sit on the floor. Now, raise your knees to an angle five degrees, just like you did with the bridges. But the only thing is that this time, your back is not on the ground, so you're seated straight up. The only thing that's going to be on the ground is your butt's because you're also going to lift your legs six inches off the ground. So your butt is the only thing supporting you on the ground. Then tighten your abs as you move your upper body and your elbows from side to side. Do this ten times. So the way you count it is your upper body and your elbow moves to your right and then you move everything to your left. One, right, left, two, right, left, three. Counts to 10. Take a 10-second pause and do this three times. And finally, tip number 10, I'm just going to echo the words of our guest, Sister Vic. Be self-aware. Observe yourself. Be present at almost every moment. Be sure about how you're faring. Checking with you. All these might feel awkward and actually uncomfortable at first, but in the long run, your energy level will be higher than ever. Your posture is going to be so poised and your productivity is going to be very satisfying. Like, trust me, guys, you're really going to benefit from this. I hope to see you dripping in finesse as you go about living your best life, your full life, 10 over 10. Thank you so much, guys, for your time. I really appreciate it listening to this episode. Please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you get your podcast from. The show notes with links to all the references in this episode will be on the podcast page on my website, realfitness.tv/podcast. Just look for today's episode title, and you'll be good to go. Our theme music was composed and produced by Eddie Wally Jr. The recorded songs I used were all sung by Sister Vic. This episode was edited and produced by me. And the lifers of the show are you, you, and you. Please keep on sharing and telling people about real fitness. It means a lot to us and it goes a long way to really, really help the show. Please, please, please share and tell people about this. In the meantime, just like I like to say, rest your body, work your body, feed your body, and love somebody. I am your fitness and lifestyle coach, Henry Gain. Bye for now.